I want to say a couple of things before we get into the word this morning. Years ago, probably 20 years ago, maybe, the Lord gave me a chorus, and that's what I was playing a while ago, and I want to read the words to you. It says, lead me to your throne of grace. Holy Spirit, come and lead the way. Make me as I ought to be as I seek your face. Teach me how to love like you. Melt my heart, O Lord, I pray. Let me see your glory now as I seek your face, as I seek your face. It's a relevant message to what we're going to be talking about today, so I wanted to read that. I also want to say in regard to the offerings, I don't talk about that at all, or at least not very much, but I want you to know how much I appreciate your faithfulness, your dedication to the Lord in giving, and your support of me. I truly, truly appreciate everything that you do and pray that God bless you. So good morning, everyone. (laughs) Don't want to get too far off of our beaten path. Um, I feel like I have a bit of a different word this morning, and again, I know I say that every week, but it feels different, so that's why I say it. And we're going to be reading out of 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. This chapter is full of some very wild miracles and demonstrations of the Lord. And I want to just briefly walk through some of these or all of these uh, miracles, actually. And doing that will help us get to the end where we're going and then beyond and see where the Lord would take us from there. All week long, I've had a song going over and over in my heart. It's called, He Leadeth Me. Does anybody know that song? You don't? You do. You do. Wow. See, I told you Jan knows everything. (laughs) He leadeth me. We're going to be looking at that at the end of the message today, but I just wanted you to know it's coming and... What I'm calling the theme of this message today, or the title of this message, is Follow the Leader. I really struggled with this, and I said, Lord, aren't we already being led of you? Why do I need to to talk about this? And yes, of course, we are being led of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes circumstances around us change. Things get very dark. Things get very heavy and very pressing, and it's hard to remember. It's hard to see God's hand leading us. So we're going to look at some of the ways this morning in the scripture that God led his people in this chapter. And Lord, I just ask you to send the Holy Spirit As we seek your word this morning, we seek your face, O God, that you would move upon us with the Holy Spirit and let us see your hand leading us all the way. In Jesus' name, I ask it. 
So in 2 Kings, for uh, chapter 6, starting off in the first verse, I'm not going to read, I'm just going to sort of recite, if that's okay. And you can follow along or just listen. And we start off with Elisha's school of prophecy. And the student body got so large that they outgrew their facilities. And the students were complaining to Elisha how cramped they were. They didn't have any room. And they said to Elisha, we're straight or we're constricted. We have no ability to, to grow or to move around. And they asked him, can we go a little further away from the school and build some dormitories down on the banks of the Jordan River? And Elisha said, yes, you can go there and build some new dormitories. So in the building process, they borrowed an axe. And you know this story. When they were felling the trees, the axe head broke off of the handle and it flew into the Jordan River. One of the students cried out to Elisha and he said, oh no, master, we lost the borrowed axe head. What are we going to do? And they're wringing their hands and stewing it over. And Elisha said, boys, calm down. Show me where it went into the river. And Elisha picked up a stick and he threw it right into the river, right into the spot where the student said it flew in right here. Well, guess what happened? Through prayer, the gift of miracles was activated and that heavy iron axe head floated to the top of the river and swam its way to the shore. The the Bible says that they could easily reach out and pick it up. A demonstration of miracles and leadership of the Holy Spirit. God led that stick that Elisha threw into the exact spot where that axe head fell in and then gave buoyancy to iron and a GPS system to it to get to the edge of the river. What a testimony. Can you imagine being in chapel service the next morning? For those of you who've been to camp, you know in the mornings you got to go to chapel. Eight o'clock in the morning, nobody can keep your eyes open. But these guys had a testimony to share in chapel that next day. Now dropping down to verse 8, the next wild event we're going to read about is the king of Syria's plan to attack Israel. But again, God led Elisha and Israel was spared. So in verse 11, the Syrian king suspects that there's an Israeli spy in his camp. And he asks his servant who it is. Name the spy. But in verse 12, the servant said, no king, there is no spy but it's the prophet of God of, in Israel, Elisha. He hears the words that you speak in your bedchamber, and he takes that to the king of Israel so he knows your plan and your plot before you even get to carry it out. So God led Elisha this time through the word of knowledge to protect Israel from harm by informing the king of Israel about every step that the Syrian king was planning against them. 
So the Syrian king sent a great host to Dothan, where Elisha was, to capture him. And Elisha's servant reported it to Elisha. And in verse 16, it says that Elisha told the servant, Fear not, because they that are with us are greater than and more than they that are with the Syrians. And Elisha prayed for the proof to this servant, said, God, open his eyes that he might see. And God opened the eyes. He performed a miracle and opened the spiritual eyes of the servant so that he could see the host of the Lord surrounding Elisha around the sides and the tops of the mountain with the horses and the chariots of fire to protect them. So when the Syrian army came down to kill Elisha, he prayed and he said, Lord, smite them with blindness. Now he just prayed for the Lord to give open vision to his servant, but this time he's saying, smite them with blindness, and the Lord performed that miracle. So Elisha single-handedly led the blinded army away from the Israelites and took them to Samaria. So he again prayed that their eyes would be opened and God worked a miracle and opened their eyes and there the Syrian army captured Samaria. So there were so many miracles here that it's hard to decipher which way, which tools God used at his disposal to accomplish all of these things. But surely at least God used confusion and blinding and then the miracle of opening the blind eyes and healing them so that they could see again all while protecting the prophet of God and Israel. We're getting near to the chapter now, but there are more miracles coming up. At the time that Syria captured Samaria, there was a terrible famine in the land to the point that the people became cannibalistic, eating their own children. And the Syrian king blamed it on Elisha and demanded his head. But Elisha sat in his house with the Israeli elders surrounding him, and again, the presence of the Holy Spirit came upon him with the gift of the word of knowledge. And Elisha told the elders that the king's man was going to show up at his door momentarily to demand his head for the king. In verse 33, as Elisha was yet speaking these words that the henchman of the king was going to show up at the door, there he was, and he demanded Elisha. He said, behold, this evil or this famine is of the Lord. It's his fault. So why should I wait on the Lord any longer? And this story concludes in chapter 7, verse 1. Elisha prophesied, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow at this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. Now remember, they're eating each other's children. And here is the prophet of the Lord saying, A measure of fine flour shall be sold 
for a very insignificant amount, a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel inside the gates of Samaria. Then a Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God, Elisha, and said, Behold, now we're trading beholds. If the Lord would make windows in heaven, maybe this thing would be possible. And Elisha responded, No, you behold, because you will see it with your eyes come to pass, but you will not eat thereof. So once again, the Lord led Elisha, this time by the gift of prophecy of what was to come the very next day. And God gave great provision in one night to sustain the people and end the family. He made it possible for the hungry people to eat by having such an abundance of food that it cost almost nothing in one day's time. So you may be thinking, well, these are great examples of how God's divine hand can lead people in the Bible, but I'm not, Eli- I'm not Elisha. And frankly, the Lord and I had that same discussion. I'm serious. But the Lord has given us already some very specific promises. And as we've just read here, examples of ways that he can lead us throughout our own mundane, everyday lives. You don't have to be an Elisha to experience the hand of the Lord leading you. For instance, maybe you have questions about a job. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit and who leads you in the way that you should go. Ask the Lord about your job. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus even changed the career paths of some fishermen named Peter and Andrew when he called to them as they were casting their net into the sea. And he said, come and follow me and I'll show you how to catch men. Sometimes we worry and we have anxiety about many things. Psalm 23, 2, David said, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. In Psalm 23, 3, he restores my soul, and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Sometimes we might be confused about truth. What is going on and what is truth? In John 16, 13, Jesus said these words, The Spirit of truth will lead us into all truth. Or maybe you're worried about family members. Deuteronomy 7, 19 in the Amplified Version, I love the way this read, Therefore know without any doubt and understand this, that the Lord your God, he is God, he is the faithful God who is keeping his covenant and his steadfast loving 
kindness to a thousand generations and with those who love him and keep his commandments. I could go on and on and on giving such examples for things that we come across and that we experience in our lives, many, many things. But I'm going to stop right there. I have more written down, but I'm going to stop right there. Because I know that God has the ability, he has the tools, he has the power, and he has the spirit to lead us if we're following him. We have to follow our leader. And as I said, sometimes we do walk through very tough places. But Psalm 23, 4 says, I don't have to fear, even when walking through death, because he will be with me, even there. We don't have to worry about relationships, because he will prepare a table for us to have plenty to eat and drink, even in the presence of our enemies. And he will anoint our heads with oil as his very own child and be our constant companion. So this song I told you about, it's called He Leadeth Me. It's on page 92 if you want to follow along. Since Jan and I are the only ones who know it in the, in the congregation, we won't sing it this morning. But we'll read it out of the hymnal because the words are so beautiful. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught, whate'er I do, wherever I be, Still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Verse 2, sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by waters calm or trouble seas, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Verse 3, Lord, I would clasp thy hand in mine, and never murmur nor repine, content whatever lot I see, since tis God's hand that leadeth me. Verse 4, and when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory is won, even death's cold waves I would not flee, since thou through Jordan leadeth me. And the chorus he leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Isn't that beautiful? We have the assurance. If we're following him, he will lead us. Father, I just thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you gave the Holy Spirit to this songwriter many, many years ago, that we have this beautiful 
song, this beautiful hymn, to carry in our hearts, Lord, to remind us along with your word how, if we need you, Lord, for whatever circumstance, you lead us just as you led Elisha, just as you led all of these miracles, Lord, by your powerful hand. And we thank you for it, Lord, that we can lean upon you as we walk this path. Jesus, I pray you be with each one, Lord, whatever path that is this week. God, I just invite everyone to reach out and say, Lord, I clasp my hand in yours. Lead me as I walk this way. And Father, we know that your spirit will comfort, will go alongside, will be the, the going forward, Lord, to open doors or behind to shut them, Lord, whatever the case may be that you have in store for your children. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We just love your name and we praise you today, Father. Thank you for your presence and your word in Jesus' precious name. And Lord, I ask that you be with each one this week. Lord, I would not let them go out without saying, oh God, be with them and protect them. Lord, let this wonderful communion that we took, oh God, this body and this blood be activated in our lives, in our spirits, oh God, and in our bodies this week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else want to, you know, I, I think I skipped a whole page. <laughs> you saw I was struggling there with a, uh, pages that were stuck together because I had some personal examples I was going to give. I don't know what happened to them. Ah, yeah. I can think of many times. Is it okay if we just kind of <laughs> continue for a minute after the uh, end? I promise I won't start all over. But I can think of many times without a doubt that God's hand led me. He led me as a bratty kid when I didn't want to practice the piano, but he led me to keep trying. He led me in getting my first job at 16 years old through my dad's high school teacher, who was my high school teacher, Mr. George Kemp. And he told me to go to Bank of America and apply for a work, uh, I forgot what it called, work experience permit, I think it was called, where I got to work part-time, go to school part-time, and I worked for Bank of America for 10 years. 
He led me to marry the exact man that God would have ordained to be my husband for 45 years. He led me step by step as I healed after the passing of that precious husband. He's been leading me through the learning process of what I'm doing now, being a pastor and bringing the gospel to his people every week. And I thank you for your patience. So for all these reasons, I have no doubt that he will continue leading on a step-by-step basis. Rarely does God give us long-term view of our lives, lest we might veer off the course, but he gives us little steps here and there along the way. So I can't see very far down the road at this moment, but I know that he's leading every step because his word says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And I know that he will anoint my head with oil and that my cup will be full and running over and that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord following my leader. Anybody else want to share ways or examples of how the Lord has led you also, I was just telling Dawn, you know, that there's so many people in our society today that haven't seen what, like, a good, godly home looks like. And I, um, you know, I just know, like, whenever I was like, oh, Lord, how am I going to deal with all this laundry? It seems like it's such a simple thing, but it's like, what, what, how do I accomplish this? And I bring every single thing that didn't really have, it, like, knowledge about to the Lord. And so, like, every... You know, he can lead even in these little things. Exactly. Everything. Like, I ask him, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I, you know, I really do. I just ask the Lord. If something, he doesn't tell me, then I get to make that own decision. But I'm just saying, like, everything can be brought before the Lord, and he will either tell you yes, no, or leave it up to you. So, I can second that on the driving. I've driven more places in the last two years by myself than I have in my entire life put together. So uh, he, he leads us even in the little things. Anyone else? I don't want to cut anyone off. Oh, well, yesterday um, we were going to Carmel Beach. We packed up early and we have to go at 1.52. I don't know if anybody knows Pacheco Pass is a TV show that we He leadeth me. Yeah. Oh, glorious thought. Anyone else? Becky. I just one thing is sort of similar to that. And it's, in, in a way, it's the Lord led somebody else in what they should do that benefited me. I was traveling uh, by myself. Not, I mean, Ken wasn't with me. It was me, but I had a car full of kids. My kids and cousin 
and um, we were, I don't remember where we were coming from, but anyway, we're going down the, and I heard a, and I went, well, I don't know what that is. So I pulled the van over <coughs> to the side of the road, and at, as I pulled over to the side of the road, the tire went, hmm. gone. And, you know, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't listened. Well, I'm there by myself. I don't know how to change a tire on the van. I can change a tire, but this is a big van. And I was thinking, and I said, Lord, and the kids, you know, oh, Lord, help us when we help. About that time, uh, uh, like a tow truck, I'm trying to think of the word, like a tow truck guy, came by the, you know, he wasn't. And then ahead of me, he pulled over. And he stopped, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, your first thought is, oh, no, I'm all by myself. Oh, God. So this guy comes running back there, and he said, are you having trouble with your car? And I said, well, my tire. And he said, oh. he took a big industrial jack out of his truck. He had that tire changed in two minutes. And I said, oh, thank you so much for stopping. He said, well, here's the funny part. I wasn't going to. I didn't know. And he said, but I got a little past you, my truck stopped. Oh, died in he said I had to pull over, and something told me go see about that and the Lord. And he and he said, Do you think you could jump, use my jumper cables and jump my car? And and I said, Sure, I'd be glad to do that. Thank you so much. He went back. That truck turned right on, and he he said, and I said, I know. Yes, I believe it. And he lived. Yes. God takes care of you. Amen. And if you, you can't do it yourself, he provides. Yes. And I thank him for that. I've never forgotten that. That thing said, he said, I, I, I don't know what happened. It just died. It quit running. And I had to pull over. I said, I know. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? It's not even 12 yet. Don. I was trying to, I read this week, I'm still... Weeks back, reading Second Samuel from where we were uh, weeks back in David, and, and I read this this week, and I really liked, I liked it, and I, I had to stretch to fit it in, but I was trying to find a way to fit it in, and it was when David said to Nathan that he was going to build. Uh, he said, "Here I live in this palace, and yep. the Lord doesn't you know, have a house. Doesn't have a house. I'm going to build him a house." And Nathan says, "Good, God is with you in this." And Audrey was saying, you know, talking about going to the Lord for everything, decisions and, and the big things and the small things and letting him lead. And sometimes we don't hear anything back. And it's okay. It's okay to move forward. We're, you know, we're right. gifted with wisdom. We're gifted with yeah. these things as we follow him. And sometimes, like in this case, it seemed perfectly reasonable to Nathan to say, that's a selfless thing of you to say, David, that you're going to build a... A, a house for God, that's a noble thing. I think God is with you in that, he said. And God spoke to Nathan that night and said, no, uh, do I need a house? Yeah. And, you know, and, and so Nathan had to go back to David and say, scratch that, no. Uh, God has led in a different direction. And so, you know, we can feel confident if we are seeking him, yes. that when, when it's time for him to direct us, he'll be there and he'll direct us. And if we need to change course, He'll change our course. We had you had a sermon a few weeks ago about uh, go. You know, one time God led David. Uh, he was still in Second Samuel. Led yeah. David against the Philistines in a particular way. Head on, just go straight at them. And they came back. And the second time they went back to God. He said, No, don't do that. Right. This time I want you to go around behind them. I'm going to go before you, right. and then you can follow me. 
but don't move till you hear the sound yeah. in the mulberry trees. Anyone else? You know, we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It doesn't hurt to give testimony. Anyone else? Janet. I have to say, when my mother got saved and I was 10, she said, God literally spoke to her in a voice. And so I believed it. So my whole life, that people would probably think I'm crazy, that God has actually spoke to me about important things. And because I always believed it. Yeah. And I'm not crazy. No, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> Me neither. <coughs> Anyone else? Well, I do want to say, Sister Watson, we honor you today. We honored you yesterday, but you had a house full of company. We love you. We're so thankful for you and your life and your effect on our lives. We thank you. God bless you. Okay, you can be dismissed.